Hey, good morning, everybody. It's good to have you with us worshiping this morning. It's great to have Pastor and the rest of his family back as well with us. Well, I've got a couple of announcements for you, and the first one is, hopefully you all got a piece of paper that looks like this. It's an announcement for you about a baby shower for Pastor Scott and Rachel next Sunday. Yes, very exciting. All right, and um, they are registered on at Target and on Amazon, so you can buy them something off of either one of those, and they would greatly appreciate that, all right? Um, a couple of things that come with the new year is a couple of new small groups. I shared that with you last week, and hopefully one of your New Year's resolutions is getting involved in a small group. That'd be great. Um, Audrey Steele is starting her group over again for anybody that would like to join, and they've got a couple of people that are going to do it, and she really would love to have just a few more people to make the group, um, and they're going to start meeting this coming Wednesday at 6 o'clock, uh, right up at the top of the ramp over here, okay? Um, and then also Eric Disman is going to be starting a small group, and that is starting this coming uh, Wednesday as well. I believe at 6 o'clock, uh, at 7 o'clock, thank you. Um, and then the last one is on Friday, this coming Friday, uh, Cindy Rumsey is doing a women's group. Uh, they're going to be studying, wising up a study of Proverbs, um, and that is Friday at 10.30 to noon up in the chapel, all right? So hopefully you'll think about a small group this year and start getting involved, all right? Let us worship together this morning. Can I add one more announcement? Is that okay? The Women's Progressive Dinner is this Friday night, um, beginning at hmm, 6 at, at the Parsonage. And we're going to travel around to different houses for the different courses. So if you'd like to do that, um, you could talk to Vanessa Collins. And if you don't know who that is or need her phone number, you can see me after church and I can get that to you. But are you all ready to worship the Lord this morning with us? Amen. We are ready to please stand and let's sing together. Let's worship the Lord. Oh, creatures of our God and King, lift up your voice and with us sing. Thank you. 
may be seated to continue singing. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul. spend some time at the feet of Jesus. We have called on his name and worship, declared his greatness. Perhaps there is real, personal, uh, a real personal time, real personal words that that you have for him today or that he may have for you today. We want to create space for that. I want to invite you to find your place of prayer. I mean, it could be seated right where you are. Maybe you want to kneel right where you are. Maybe you feel impressed to come forward and kneel at, at our altar space up here at the front. Find your place and position of prayer. Let's just have some one-on-one Jesus time this morning. It's you and Jesus for just a few moments here. You and Jesus.
Jesus, we honor you today, not just with our lips, but with our lives. You are worthy of every word and thought that has been raised up to you today. And the truth is it doesn't even begin to declare your glory, your might, your majesty. You simply go beyond what we can think or imagine and what you can and want to accomplish in our lives goes beyond what we could think or imagine and we open ourselves up to that reality today. And we declare our need for you. We need you in our in our personal lives at, at work accomplishing your purposes. We need you at work in in our marriages. We need you at work in our in our homes, in our in our family units. We need you at work in our church family. We need you at work in our community, in our state. We desperately need you at work in our nation and in our world. We are in desperate need of you. Oh, if there was ever a time when we needed the touch of the Almighty, it's now. And so we put ourselves in a position where we can receive all that you have. For great. We are your people, called by your name. We humble ourselves before you today, opening up our hearts and our minds to all that you have for us. Move freely in this place. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus we all pray. And everybody said, amen. I'm going to invite our ushers to join us up here as we continue our worship time through our giving. And we haven't had this particular thing in place for a couple of months, but just wanted to remind our kids that we have our special offering box for you. So when we release our ushers to receive our offerings, kids, you can come up, drop your offering in here, and then you'll head out with Pastor McKenzie for Children's Church. Jesus, thank you for your provision. Thank you for the provision that has come, and thank you for the provision that is coming. We bring our gifts to you today with real trust and anticipation that you will accomplish your purposes, your good and pleasing and perfect will through them. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.
You know, it's so good in here, the kids don't want to leave. That's a good thing. The Lord is here, amen. Well, Happy New Year. I hope that yours is going well so far and that you are already experiencing the presence of the Lord in your lives and in your home spaces and that that's the kind of trajectory that we can continue to have throughout 2019. I want to invite you to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, and we're going to start at verse 41. Luke chapter 2. This is an interesting story because essentially this is the only information that we have between Jesus' birth narrative and when he shows up on the scene doing ministry as Messiah, which is right around 30 years of age. So between 0 and 30, we have one story. And he's 12 at the time of this story. And here's how the story unfolds. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. So every year this was an event that Jesus' parents participated in as good and faithful and obedient Jews. They would do this. Three times a year, the Jews were asked to travel to Jerusalem for festivals. Passover, uh, Feast of Tabernacles, and Feast of Pentecost. Those three festivals, they were called to come and gather together for worship and celebration. This was one of those. And they did this every year, walking out what God had commanded them to do. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, The boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. And then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days... They found him in the temple court, sitting among the teachers, listening to them, and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching you. All right, I'm going to talk to the parents for a moment here. I'm not asking you to raise your hand, but I'm going to go ahead and raise mine. Have you ever lost one of your kids? (laughs) Jackson was two. Mia would have been around five or six. And 
I was 30-something. I don't know. And it was my turn to watch the kids at home. And so I was doing what any dad would do. I was playing video games. And Jackson walked right out the front door as a toddler. Uh, we were living in Colorado Springs. This was not a good part of town. Um, it wasn't totally the ghetto, but it was trying to be. And our street, we lived right on Omaha Boulevard. And if you know east part of Colorado Springs, if you know Omaha Boulevard, um, it's, it's not a major artery like Constitution or Carefree, but it's just short of that. And we're our, that's our, that's our, the front of our house is on Omaha, and, and he's gone. He, he gets out the front door somehow, and he's gone. And I'm not sure how long he was gone because I was really doing well on my game. <clears throat> but it was many minutes, I'm sure. And suddenly, Jackson is nowhere to be found. And so I, I, said, I told Mia, I said, I've got to go find him. And I left her um, standing on the front porch just crying her eyeballs out, scared to death for her little brother. And... Um, I look up the street, I look down the street, there's no little blonde-headed boy wandering around. I had to turn the corner and go down a block, and somebody had picked him up and had taken him into their home. Fortunately, they were good people and returned him to me. But let me tell you, when you lose a child, there is a panic that sets in unlike any other kind of panic that sets in. Jackson has a, has a tendency to get himself lost. We were at Disney World. Disney World. And we lost him for half an hour at Disney World. That is panic. That is panic. Well, okay, you can imagine. That was just 30 minutes, both, both of those times. Imagine three days not knowing where your child is or worse longer. And, and there, are, there are people that, that have experienced that. I don't know of any in this room, but that happens. So you can understand the panic that sets in with mom and dad, with Joseph and Mary, as they are furiously, and I mean that in a good way, looking for him. Jesus is 12 at this time. Probably, and we, we, we don't get the exact details on this, but most likely this event is surrounding some sort of a bar mitzvah thing for him. It's fairly understood that at the age of 12, these young Jewish boys would be brought into the temple area where they would be asked to meet up with priests, teachers of the law, Sanhedrin, whoever, whoever it was they had to meet with. And they would kind of go through a, a, a series of tests of their knowledge of, of Hebrew, their knowledge of, of Scripture, and their understanding of who God is and how he wants to uh, interact with them. This was a, a, a coming-of-age event, so to speak. Most likely, this was what Jesus was doing. And so his response to his mom and dad really shouldn't be received as disrespectful. But really just kind of, I think what he's saying is common sense, perhaps. They said again, your father and I have been searching. Well, why were you searching for me? 
didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? Now, perhaps that answer is a Jewish boy answer. This is what I was supposed to be doing at this time in my life. It's one of the reasons why you brought me here, because I'm supposed to be meeting up with these people. But I think there's more of a divine or a, a divineness attached to his response. Mom and Dad, you have known since my conception who I was. You have you have known by by divine revelation, multiple divine revelations. You have known who I am from the beginning. Is this really such a surprise to you to find me here in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. one writing this book. Luke was not one of the 12 apostles. So you kind of have to go beyond the 12 apostles to find Luke, who was who was the guy that was 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 learning. He was not even Jewish, by the way. A Gentile that had come to faith in Christ under, under the ministry of, of the apostle Paul. And Luke is to, to find out this information, to collect, to gather this information, to put it down in a letter that we now call the book of Luke. He's probably sitting at the feet of Mary, an older Mary, way past the time of Jesus' death, resurrection, and ascension into heaven. And you notice this phrase that shows up several times in, in the first couple of chapters of Luke in particular, Mary pondered these things. She treasured these things. This is her reflection, okay? An older Mary reflecting on this story, reflecting on her, her anxiety, her fears, that, that overwhelming emotion that she felt when she started going through the company of people not seeing him over here, not seeing him not here, not seeing him here, not seeing him here, suddenly realizing he's not with them at all. So they take off back to Jerusalem. He's not there. He's not there. He's not there. Goes to sleep. Wakes up. Still looking. Not there. Not there. Goes to sleep. Wakes up. Not even. And it's three days pondering these things, realizing she may have lost the Son of God. No pressure there. Finally finding him inside of the temple area, having conversations with, with the bigwigs. Not just having a conversation with the bigwigs, but astonishing them, surprising them, amazing them. Is that how you say that? Maybe even perplexing them with his understanding, with, with his insight. 
that's her observation as she comes into the scene, wanting to scold him, wanting to shake him a little bit, wanting him to understand the torture that he has put her and Joseph through the last couple of days. But her observation is, here he is, sitting right inside of his element, amazing, perplexing the scholars with his insight and his understanding. Why were you searching for me? Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? And even though they didn't understand what he was saying to them at that time, then he went down to Nazareth with them, and he was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom, and he grew in stature, and he grew in favor with God, and he grew in favor with man. Jesus grew. You know what? I'll be honest with you. I really love hearing that. And perhaps that's the whole reason of this one story from Jesus' 0 to 30. The only thing that we get is this one kind of random story. But I'm wondering if if this phrase here is the whole purpose of it, that we, that we are forced to wrap our minds around Jesus' humanity. Because the truth is we, we focus so much on his divinity, and it's not wrong that we do that. But all of a sudden, in the midst of all this divineness, Chapter 1 and, and, and all the, the, the birth narrative is, is just about the divinity of, of Jesus being crammed into flesh. And as you, as you begin to engage Jesus' ministry in his adulthood, you're, you're experiencing his divinity over and over and over. But here's, here's just a, a fundamental statement about his humanity. Jesus grew. It was necessary for him to grow through a childhood, through adolescence, all the way through his 20s. Jesus grew, and we even get four areas of, of his growth. In wisdom, he grew in his stature, he grew in favor with God, and he grew in favor with man. So that by the time Jesus shows up on the scene as a minister, by the time that the work of Messiah begins to unfold, he, he has won the favor of people around him. He uh, has a good reputation. a lot about 
2019. And the older I get, the faster the years go. I've heard that that was true. Definitely experiencing that. 2018 is behind us, and here we are already well into 2019. I'm, I'm impressed to consider my growth. I'm impressed to consider my growth journey as a man, as a, as a godly man. And I'm wondering if these four areas could apply to me and could, could apply to us. I'm going to ask you to consider for a few moments your growth journey. How are you growing in wisdom? Now, I know how I'm growing in stature, and I'm going to have to do something about that. Because I stopped going this way, and I started going to the right. How am I doing? How, how is my reputation Am I, am, I in, am I in favor with God and man? Is that my reality? If it's not my reality, what can I do to improve that? What is my growth journey? And what do I want it to look like moving through 2019? This is a very personal question that I'm asking. Because it's really up to you to assess your own journey, your own reality, your own walk, your own reputation, and really you're the only one that can do anything about it. So in a public setting, I am asking you a very personal question that has some elements to it. And maybe this is something you've already been considering. Maybe, maybe you, because you are a New Year's resolution kind of a person, you're you're oriented that way. Maybe some of this you've already been considering. And that's great. But I'm asking you to, to really consider how you are growing. So, wisdom. How are you growing in wisdom? How are you growing in your understanding, in, in your knowledge? Apparently, Jesus had grown, even at, at the age of 12, had grown so much in his wisdom and understanding that is, as he's sitting there with, with scholars, he's shocking them with his insight and his understanding. Now, we don't get the details of what they're talking about. My guess, my assumption, and I think it's probably a pretty good assumption, is he's probably talking about Messiah stuff. My guess is he's talking about scriptures that have to do and identify with uh, who Messiah is, what they're looking for, what to expect. It wouldn't surprise me at all when we cross over and we get to ask, find out finally from Jesus everything that we ever wanted to know. It wouldn't surprise me that that's the kind of stuff he's talking about with them. Sort of pointing to himself, giving them a little bit of an anticipation of what is to come. How 
are you growing in your wisdom, your knowledge, your, your understanding? Obvious thing would be, are you spending time in the Word? Because clearly the truth is faith comes by hearing and that of the Word of God. And that is not my statement. That is Scripture talking to us today. If you want to grow in your faith, if you want to grow in your knowledge and your understanding of God, you've got to be in the Word, in the habit of getting into the Word. Even if it's just in little bits, it's okay. Do something, even if it's just a verse. If you only have time to take in a verse and soak in it a little bit, just something. Because you're being on purpose about growing in your wisdom, growing in your understanding, in your knowledge, growing in your faith. I want you to know that as a church family, we're committed to creating an environment that will help you with that. I've kind of come to a realization. I've, I've had this realization for a while that I guess kind of stepping into a place where we're trying to be more on purpose about this. The reality is more and more Christians today know less and less of the word. It's, it's, it's an unfortunate reality, but, but more and more believers seem to know less and less about the Bible. And so I want you to know that, that this year, preaching-wise, my intention, and, and, and I think I can, I'm going to be able to figure this out, but my intention is to get us from A to Z in Scripture. Um, each month, we're, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna take on another element of Scripture. We're gonna, my goal is by, by December, by the time we get to Christmas again, we will have had a very strong overview of the whole of the Word of God, okay? Um, so, with that in mind, I want to encourage you to be as faithful in your attendance this year as you possibly can be. And I realize that there are some people here, they're, they're never going to miss church. But then there are some people in here that once a month is about as regular as it gets for them. And, and, and okay, I, for, for those of you that are, that are very sporadic in your attendance, uh, I want you to consider trying to get a little more regular with your attendance so that your wisdom journey, you can grow in your broader knowledge of the Scripture because we're going to purpose this year to try to cover the whole thing. So we're going to take, we're going to take the microscope off, uh, off of, uh, we usually kind of do verse by verse, chapter by chapter. Kind of, We're going to pull the microscope back a little bit and we're trying to get bigger picture this year. I think we can do that, and I'm hoping that the fruit of that will be, generally speaking, our church family will have a better grasp, a better understanding, a better knowledge base of the Word of God, and in hopes that by the end of this year, we will all have grown some in our wisdom. Another thing that we're purposing to do as a church family this year is offering trainings, offering, in particular, leadership trainings. So Pastor Greg has already got some stuff in mind. I know that our intention is to have 
quarterly times where whoever wants to be a part of this, you're not, re- you're not required to be in leadership to come to these things. I would encourage anybody that wants to grow in their wisdom to participate in these things. At the same time, if you are functioning in leadership, we urge you strongly to be at these things because our leaders need to be more equipped, so we're, we're, we're going to be on purpose about doing that. I'm saying all this to just make the point that as a church organization, as a family, we're going to do what we can on our end to create as much space for you to accomplish growing in your wisdom and in your knowledge, your understanding of who God is and who you are, what he has for you and through you. And Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature. Okay. So most of us adults, when it comes to New Year's resolutions, there's usually something to do with our physical health. That's true for me. It has been ever since my body changed enough where I don't metabolize the same that I used to when I was a kid. All right? We need to remember that our bodies are a temple. Our, our bodies are a temple. And if, 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 if we're going to be in the business of, of growing in wisdom, if, if, if there's going to be wholeness to our journey, we should be on purpose about, about paying attention to the health of our bodies. So whatever that is for you, I would just encourage you to, to ponder that Pray about that and ask the Holy Spirit what what he would have for you to do in your physical health growth journey. Some of us don't have a problem with that, and I'm so glad for you. Those of us, we have to pay attention. The rest of us have to pay attention to that. Okay. And then we have this favor word. Jesus grew in, in favor with God. And with man. So let's remind ourselves that, that we have the, the vertical in play and we have the horizontal. I'm holding a mic only because I forgot to put on my preaching mic, so I'm just going to have to deal with this. The vertical, my relationship with God, and the horizontal, my relationship constantly in play, and I'm in the middle of both of those. I am the vortex, I think that's the right word, I'm the vortex of of both of those realities, the vertical and the horizontal. And in the midst of Jesus' growth journey, he develops favor with the vertical and with the horizontal. So how do we do that? How do we grow in favor with God? How do we grow in favor with our fellow human beings? Uh, The the obvious answer is, to to me anyways, is, well, if, if I do life God's way, that's, if, if I'm going to simplify, if I'm going to boil it down to as, 
as simple of a phrase as possible, it is, if I do life God's way, pretty much works both directions. Well, what's God's way? Well, do you start with the Ten Commandments? I mean, that's a pretty, pretty basic place to start. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Sums up the Ten Commandments. So you don't have to memorize the Ten Commandments to know the Ten Commandments. I, I know it sounds shocking, but it's true. See, if you just love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and you love your neighbor as yourself, guess what? You're probably going to fall right inside of the boundaries, the parameters of the Ten Commandments. See, if I, if I love Adrian here, I'm probably not going to steal from him. Just makes sense. If I love Audrey, I'm probably not going to covet her things. I'm not going to lie about her. I'm not going to bear false witness about her. See, it, it, right? That it just when you, when you simplify it, it, it kind of makes sense. If, if I'm if I'm loving you as I'm supposed to love you, I'm naturally going to walk out the Ten Commandments as, as they've been handed to us. But if I'm loving God the way I'm supposed to love him, well, you know, I'm not going to use his name in vain. And I'm going to honor the Sabbath. And, and I'm not going to have idols that are fighting against my attention with, with him. Because I'm, I'm pursuing him, I'm loving him with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. And it, it, when you boil it down to find favor with God and man, I, I think you can boil it down to that verse. And that was Jesus' answer when they were trying to trick him into what is the greatest commandment. He just summed it all up. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. That, that right there sums up all of the law and the prophets. That's how Jesus presented it. And you know what? Man, the more, the more you think about it, the more... The more you look at it, the more it's like absolutely true. Your growth journey. If you take a moment and you look back on 2018, where you were at in January a year ago and where you landed in December just a month ago, what was your growth trajectory? Was it minimal? Was it, was it strong? And, and what can you do today? What kind of decision can you make today? What, what kind of intentionality can you apply to your personal journey today? Again, because you are the only one that can do it. And I'm the only one that can do it for me. That can change your trajectory and just make it, just notch it up one, one thing. Sometimes, because the pendulum tends to swing so wide, okay, us humans, we get, we get uh, I'm, I'm going to lose 172 pounds, and then we get about two pounds into it, and we quit, you know, we're just, we, we have a tendency to, to set such major lofty goals that, that sometimes it can be unreasonable and unreachable, and by the time February hits, those New Year's resolutions are long laid to waste. 
intentional about just notching it up one. It's very reasonable and it's very reachable. So that come the end of 2019, it'll come fast because it just happens that way. You're going to be able to look back and you're going to go, wow. Just like what happened with Jesus here, I grew. I grew. I grew because I invested in my journey. And that's that's what you're going to have to decide. What are you willing to invest in your journey to help you grow in wisdom, grow in your physical health, and grow in your vertical and horizontal favor with God and man, with your eyes closed? Because this is a, 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 a real personal um, decision that I'm, I'm asking you to ponder and I'm, and I'm asking you to take. But I just want to give you about one minute, 60 seconds of awkward silence to think through those four areas. And maybe there's one that's surfacing in particular Jesus, I thank you for the journey that you have taken us on today. Our praise and our adoration started with you and our attention and our focus was set on you. But through the study of your word today, you have turned everything around and are giving us permission to look at ourselves reality of our journey, where, where we're at, and our growth. See, if we're in this room, it, it essentially means that we're already interested in spirituality. We're, we're interested in we're interested in the things that are about you. Otherwise, we probably wouldn't even be in this room right now. Or we wouldn't be engaging the live stream right now. So our interest is in you. I'm 
asking the Holy Spirit that you would encourage and enable us to dial it up just a notch. Our growth in our understanding of your word. Our growth in our physical health. Overall, that umbrella being our, our growth and in your favor and, and the favor of those that are around us. I just want to do life your way. And if we do life your way, we become rooted and built up. Our roots go deeper and our growth shows because of it. whatever it is that you're saying to us now you have been saying to us in the last few moments we we just have a yes in our hearts and a yes in our minds to doing life your way I would encourage you, I'm, I'm going to do this as well. I would encourage you when you get home, if it's a bathroom mirror or whatever, if, if you have written down some notes or, you know, you hopefully had the handout, mark those four areas down and whatever your, your goals are, let's just keep them in front of us. Let's just see what happens. Let's just see what happens over the next days and weeks and months that are ahead of us. Can we do that? You stand with me. I want to say a blessing over you. Send us into our week. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you, be gracious to you, and fill you with his peace. Have an incredible week in his presence, and we'll see you next Sunday.